This is Playing Pretend with Chris McIlvenny. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Playing Pretend with me, Chris McIlvenny. This week, I am joined by the very talented Zoe Watkins. Zoe is an actor, writer, director, and she's actually directing me in my own play that I wrote, which is pretty mental. We've been rehearsing on Zoom. So uh, this um, this conversation on Zoom, <laughs> we're used to it, so it's the way we roll. Uh, so yeah, you'll love her. She's so nice. Um, this is Zoe Watkins. Zoe, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Absolute pleasure, Chris. Nice to be here. Hi, are you? Yeah, doing good, doing good. The sun's shining, spring's springing, can't complain. Lovely, lovely, because you're in New York City. Are you, you're in Manhattan? Yeah, at the top of Manhattan in a, in a neighborhood called Inwood. Inwood? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of that. But it's the only place on the entire island that has naturally occurring hills and trees left. Okay. So we have what well, they, they, it's almost a forest, but we have like hills and trails and stuff up through the hills. And then obviously great big bridges and roads and stuff too. But yeah. we have like, you can kind of go and get lost in the woods a little bit around here. That's cool. Um, I think... I don't know. In my head, I always just thought Manhattan, the only part of nature that they have is Central Park. But obviously, that's not the case. No. Yeah, we've got some really, really great parks. In fact, this this place up here is um, where the island was sold to the Dutch settlers, to the first Dutch settlers. This is where the the native people uh, who I believe were the Iroquois tribe or the Lenope tribe, can't mm-hmm. remember. They sold the island here, like mm-hmm. literally in the park, five minutes away from my house. Was New York originally, well, not originally, but when it was sold to the Dutch, was it New Amsterdam? Am I yeah. right in saying that? That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was New Amsterdam. That's so cool. Yeah. I love uh, I love a bit of history. I, I listen to a podcast called History Hyenas, and they like go through all the history of different things. Like I was listening to the the history of the mafia, but the thing is, it's a comedy podcast, yeah. so you don't know what to believe and what not because they talk <laughs> so such madness, and you're like, I don't know what to believe. Um, but it's really cool, really interesting. Um, yeah. so I normally start this podcast by saying how we first met. Uh, we first met on at Jerling's Zoom, uh, writing. Meeting, which true. was, uh, I, I've said it before on this podcast, incredible experience for me. Really, uh, it really changed. Uh, it sounds crazy and mad to say, but thinking about it now, it really did change my life because I'd never written before and I wrote a play and uh, and it really changed the way I think about what's possible when if you write and when you write. And it kind of gave me a different outlook on life and really what I want to do in it. Um, so uh, I don't know if that was a similar experience yeah I think I have a very similar experience to that I had written something before and in fact I came into Geraldine's class having written something and sort of wanting feedback on it Mm -hmm. Um, and what was interesting was I got some feedback on that and then very quickly kind of put it away and moved on to writing something completely new and I think I feel very similarly to you it's been sort of life-changing in that 
I now think about myself more as a person who is able to write yeah and as a you know and I and I've written a couple of things now and really enjoyed the process and so um yeah I think I I think you're right it's been a sort of transformative period of mm. feeling like everybody was going to hate everything they ever read that I had put on a piece of paper and it was all self-indulgent and you know yeah and I think I've said several times throughout the process I'm not sure whether this is therapy or theatre um both. it's both yeah. but um yeah it was it was great and I I've really enjoyed it I'm kind of sad it's coming to a I know it is coming to an end um because it's not only the confidence that I've I've built in myself and in my writing it's also the ability to meet new people on zoom people that I would never meet before ever Um, that's true yeah it's incredible like because we had a the first uh group workshop was it started uh, at the start of lockdown really April May was it yeah. yeah, I've been thinking about that too. And I can't quite believe that we started it quite so early. Mm-hmm. It, but it was, it was like May. Yeah, it was like we knew. So it's been what a was year. Coming. It was like we knew we needed a year of this uh, to get us through. Bonkers. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, in, yeah. The, first, in the first group, um, I, that was when I was originally writing my play and then when it came for the second one uh you were very kind as to uh help well you direct my my play and i was very uh, happy to i really i i i it's funny when you write something and it's so easy to look at it like yeah i wrote this and that's it it's done but like that's not it you need someone to look at it with a fresh pair of eyes and really give you a different perspective on things. And well, does this work? Could we maybe change this and change that? And it helped massively, not only in the direction of like performance wise and what what's needed, but also the words, Well, the words are the most important thing, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it was a, it actually was a great experience because I have never directed somebody who's written their own work before in that way so I think it was a really big learning experience too for me to be like not only well there's the zoom element right that was Mm -hmm. something that the two of us had to learn together and navigate and like how weird that is working artistically together on zoom but you can still do it but you just have to kind of think around the weird janky edges of it yeah so there was that element, but also for me, working with somebody who'd written something for themselves uh, and like being a first time writer, I'd never done that before. So like there was a, a navigation for me in terms of like, where, what's my role in terms of guiding this writing as well? And like, that's got to be minimal. I'm more interested in you having your performance, but I know that that beat isn't quite working and like, yeah. how do you, and like not wanting to tread on your toes and equally, you know, wanting to guide it into the place where that moment was, was at its peak, you yeah. know? I think it, it took, I think it, yeah, it, it has been so interesting as such a, a unique experience, uh, mm. definitely a first time, not only rehearsing something on Zoom, but also something that I'd written. Um, 
But I think it took a couple of sessions for us to kind of work out the dynamic of what it was. Like you were always like, listen, I don't want to step in your toes. And I'm like, no, no, give me it all. <laughs> all of it. I, I love it all. Uh, because the thing is, I'm, uh, again, I, I'm a, a first time writer. I'd never written before. But I also know what I want out of the play. So like say you weren't you and, and you were maybe, maybe it was someone else and they were quite, forceful in some things like I, I, I'm I'm not shy I, I wouldn't be like okay yeah, yeah. no problem I'll change no, that I'll change this yourself. absolutely but I, I never needed to it wasn't a case of that it was always you wanted the best for it and obviously I did and it just worked perfectly and yeah. the position we're in now is kind of it's it's in a good place which I'm very it happy it is about. in a great place and it's going to be great I'm looking forward to a time when you can share it with human beings outside people. of people yeah, real people and you can, you know, and I, I really do think it'll it'll fly. It's in a great place. I've just realized you've got a New York shirt on. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that. I do. Jesus. Like, that. Yeah, it's like I meant to I'm do that. Up thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um actually And of course uh, the other thing is we've never actually met in person. I know, isn't that weird? I feel like we have, but we I have. Know. Well, we obviously haven't, but it's right? weird. I don't know what's gonna happen when we actually do. <laughs> like, are you so weird? Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah Chris, I know. Chris. You're That's... going to be like, wow, you're really short. <laughs> oh, really? Are you <laughs> short? That's really yeah, weird because really I've never seen you stand up. That's strange. I'm five foot two. I'm six foot seven. So you're going to be blown away. I'm going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, a <laughs> little uh, You're not going to recognize me. Yeah, uh, we've, I, it's true. We've never seen each other really standing the up. The thing is, my, my torso and my neck and head and stuff, it's kind of looks in proportion, but my legs are like, it's just ridiculous. super long. No, it's ridiculous. Like I'm sitting here and my legs are in my kitchen. So uh, <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> Whereas I'm sitting on several boxes. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, that's very funny. Um, so I wanted to um, ask you, like, uh, growing up, what, whereabouts did you grow up? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Uh, yeah, I grew up like about 25 minutes outside London in a little town called Wellin Garden City. Okay. Which is famous for having the Nabisco factory because it's where shredded wheat was made. Okay. And it's Some of the grannies knitted it. Yeah. yeah. They just have like it's like um it's like one of those terrible chicken farms. Okay. Like where they just have loads and loads of chickens, but it's loads and loads of grannies. <laughs> yeah. Just knitting shredded wheat all day long and they're allowed out for five minutes. Yeah. And then they invented shreddies and they're like, are oh, you having a laugh? Yeah. <laughs> And then, so they had to get like tiny needles. Yeah, and tiny grannies as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, um, yeah, what, so it's what? about twenty-five minutes north of London. So I was kind of lucky as a kid that I could be in like green fields and running around with sheep and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we would get on a train, and within the hour, you'd be at King's Cross. That's you know. Yeah. So yeah. So when I was first discovering theatre, I was really, I was really lucky in that I, I could get into in and out of London really easily. Yeah, it's funny. A, a lot of people I've I've spoken to who who live in like or close to big cities, like say you live, uh, say someone lives an hour away from from London, and they're like, oh yeah, how many? I'm, I suppose you go to the theatre all the time. And they're like, no, we don't really go into London. I'm like, why? It's right there. So yeah. sometimes it kind of people take it for granted that it's right there and they don't really avail of that. But 
uh, did, did you did you go and see as much theatre as, as you could? I, I did. I did. I, I don't come from theatre family. My like nobody in my family had ever expressed an interest in theatre before me. Um, my, you know, working class kind of suburbia ish background. But when I was um, 11, a teacher at my school asked me to be a character in a play. And I just sort of fell in love with it. And that teacher happened to belong to a local um, amateur theatre company. And she suggested I went. And my next door neighbour also was really into the idea. So we went together and we joined this youth theatre and we didn't know it was on the other side of town, the slightly posher, like west side of the tracks side yeah. of town. And me and this kid called Richard turned up, who is now a super West End, amazing, amazingness. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> the two of us were like, all right. <laughs> and we turned up not knowing anything. And we just, we fell in love with it. Um, and we were really lucky to find that theater as kids. Because that then meant that people, we we started to get involved in, oh, there are these musicals and there are those musicals. So we talked my dad into taking us to see Starlight Express. Okay. That was the first thing I ever saw in yeah, London. That, that's a very interesting one, the first see. Right. Well, you know, I think it was Dickie's idea. And um, yeah, Dickie was really into musicals. And so we, um, we went and saw Starlight Express and then... Uh, Phantom uh, came oh, have out. You seen, have you seen Phantom? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like I went, my dad, God bless him, um, queued around the block in the morning with me. We went very early one day and we lined up and it was really cold and we stood in a line outside the theatre for about three hours. Wow. And we got some tickets and we was went that, in. Was that when it first opened? Yeah. So we're talking like Sarah Brightman and uh, yeah, Sarah Brightman and Michael Crawford. Oh, so good. I think I was 12. Okay, yeah. And then we went to go in through the door. Get this, this is terrible. We went to go in through the door and I couldn't find my ticket. So what? Disaster. My dad was going crazy. My dad was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. where the hell you put it? <laughs> and because like we queued and they were expensive and it was like this yeah. big deal. And um, I had bought a T-shirt because I was a 12 year old. I'd bought one of those glow in the dark T-shirts with the Phantom's face on it. So cheesy. And as I'd taken my purse out of my pocket, the tickets had fallen on the floor. And I somehow I saw them on the floor under all of these people's feet that were queuing to get tickets and stuff. And I was tiny. I was I am very sure I wasn't joking, Mm -hmm. but I was tiny and like a like a ickle person and so I was like excuse me excuse me and I just like ran through everybody's legs uh, to get to the things and I picked up the tickets and I and I had them back in my hand and I think my dad never let me hold tickets after that yeah I wouldn't let you see oh my god see if that was me because I'm phantom's my number one like it's my favorite was it and uh it still is it's 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 the best and uh if if I was with you and you lost our tickets to Phantom of the Opera, that would be it. Like, 
I'd and kick you the other side of London with my big legs. <laughs> You'd be in Hyde Park. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. No, uh, Phantom. It's weird. I got into uh, like interesting musicals. It, it was kind of like a, 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 a one thing here and a one thing there. And it was never really a th- my family. Uh, like yours, it was never a thing. And I went to see Oliver in like a local school, local school production of Oliver. Loved that. And I was like, this is cool. Never thought that I would do it. Then I went, I was in the Scouts and we went to see like a youth performance of Oklahoma. Loved that. Got the DVD of Oklahoma. Still love <laughs> Oklahoma. Oklahoma's maybe top five. Love Oklahoma. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, I have a weird taste. In, well, not weird. They're really good. But um, I should have seen the Broadway one last year. That was different. Really yes. different. Yeah, I, I heard. Good. Was it good? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It I, was it was definitely weird. And there were some bits of it that I was like, I'm not entirely sure what is happening because I had never seen Oklahoma. OK. So like the dream sequence was a piece of modern dance sort of like interpretive dance and the woman who did it was phenomenal mm-hmm. but I did spend five minutes kind of going I don't this is beautiful but I don't understand <laughs> see if I'm honest I don't even know if that was because it was a new production that dream sequence is just shoot hoard in there and it's really? just so random it's yeah. like they it's like they wrote a piece of music that they were like well, we can't write words to this dream sequence we'll do a dream sequence but it's seven minutes long. Dream sequence. <laughs> You're like, okay. That so makes there's, sense. That there's makes just, more sense to me. It's it's but a pointless served, bit, but they serve chili at half time. They they serve chili and cornbread to all the audience. You could go on the stage, like chili con carne. Yeah, like yeah, on like the stage. And, yeah. Wow. So you went up, you walked down, and you picked up. You got a little bowl, and you had, um, uh, yeah, chili and cornbread. And they had vegetarian chili, obviously. Okay. And yeah. And like they had corn and and the whole thing was in the, it was all like in the round kind oh, of. Oh, okay. It was, it was good. It was good. Because I've seen, I've watched, because I, I went to see that youth production. I've seen the movie and I've seen Hugh Jackman in the National Theatre. I didn't see him. I've seen the recording of it. Hugh Jackman in the National Theatre and uh, really good. He's really yeah. good in it. Uh, it kind of suits his voice perfectly. Yeah. Like that high tenor. Yeah. Uh, love that. Love a bit of that. Um, yeah. So, so then, you got into musicals. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, it's weird. From in Belfast, like like lads are just like, well, I'm not really a lad. Um, and like, I was like, I've been listening to music. <laughs> like I remember in, uh, in the study, like in sixth year, when you had like a free period, you were meant to be studying, but I didn't study. I never studied. Um, but you weren't allowed earphones. Do you know what I used to do? I can't even read music. And I, I had the Phantom of the Opera uh, libretto. And I would read the music. I can't read music. So I would just <laughs> read it. And like in my head, it's playing. And I'm like, this is cool. Because yeah. I know it. So I'm, I'm night time sharpens. I know what way it goes. <laughs> and I would do that in my head. And yeah. I can hear the whole orchestra. It's very... Very weird thing, actually. Um, that's like a special power I have. I yeah. can't read music, but if I read it, it's like an orchestra in my head. Um, that's in your imagination, yeah, it's beautiful. 100, yeah. Um, What's so, your favorite then? My favorite musical is Phantom of the Opera, without oh, doubt. Okay. Um, what else? I, I love obviously Les Mis. Um, and I think I saw that probably 
20 times when I was a student in London. We used to go and get a 10 pound seat at the top, like at the top, the nosebleed seats, Mm -hmm. you know, like where you're like literally looking down where you can see everyone get up and walk off the barricade at the back. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) It was 10 quid. And if we didn't have anything to do, we'd do that. Or me and my friend Leslie would go and stand at the, on a track side for five quid at starlight. Okay. Just for just to see something, just a fun, just to see something. Yeah, like when I lived in London, I would just go see everything. I uh, it was actually amazing. So there was um, I worked in this bar uh, in Wapping near Tower Bridge, and our uh, my manager Jackie, um, she we always talked about like acting and and stuff like that, musicals. And she said that her her nephew, who's like fifteen, uh, was in uh, what do you call the the theater school for kids? Not Brit School. Sylvia Young. Sylvia Youngs. Yes, he was in Sylvia Youngs and he got a part as one of the young kids in Big the musical. Oh, yeah. Right. So weird. I was like, that's amazing, chatting away to her. And then when she went to see it and she was like, oh, it was amazing. We went to see it. Oh, he was so good. I was like, oh, cool. And then, then like, she went on a break and came back down. I was like, Chris, you're off on Wednesday. I made the rota, so I know you're off on Wednesday. Do you want to go see Big? I was like, oh, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, and she was like, okay, well, I've ordered your tickets anyway, so uh, you're going. I went, thanks so much. It was like 35 quid a ticket, and she just bought me a ticket. Right. And it was amazing, you know. I didn't really know what to expect. It was uh, one of the guys from The Wanted, uh, Kimberly Walsh from Girls Aloud, and stunning. It was just class. I loved it. Uh, And I really liked the movie. No, well, it was, I think... It was a limited run in the Dominion Theatre, you know, up Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just a limited thing. I don't know how well it did. Um, so I think it's one of them. Maybe ones. it'll make it here. Yeah. If it can make it there, it can make it anywhere, to be fair. So. That's what they say. It is what they say. They say um, I saw the, I, the last thing I saw pretty much before lockdown began was Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, it's coming back. Um, yeah, it was good. I saw a dress rehearsal of it and it was it was great. I really enjoyed it. And I was worried that I wouldn't because it's Mrs. Doubtfire and it's so brilliant. Yeah. You know, the film. And so but it, it was good. And I think they're they are going to reopen, I hope. Yeah, because so. I follow um, Broadway.com and like Playbill and stuff on Instagram. And yeah, yeah. I think uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, because I didn't even know that was a. A production until I seen that it's reopening. It did. Oh yeah, because it did three performances. That's what it was. It did three performances before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The shutdown and then never got the reopen again. Uh, so what's your favorite? Oh, that's a really hard question. I am more of a Sundime fan. So Into the Woods has a very special place in my heart. Love Into the um, Woods. Partly because. Um, the guy that I was telling you about, Dickie, mm-hmm. he auditioned for it. And and like when we were kids, he went to Sylvia Young when we were kids. I, I wasn't allowed to go because I wasn't allowed to go into London on my own. Mm-hmm. But Dickie's mum let him. And he got an audition for this musical and he'd never sung before in his life. And he's this tall, gangly ginger boy and um, of Irish heritage. And of course. And, um, of course. and um, he got cast and Stephen Sondheim loved him. And they trained him like he obviously had a very good, amazing raw talent Mm -hmm. and they trained his voice. And he was the original Jack in the West End. That's amazing. 
So, and he was my best buddy. So we used to go and hang out. I used to go and meet him. And Julia McKenzie was in it and Imelda Staunton. And so I used to go and meet him backstage. And then Julia McKenzie actually took us to go and see another musical one day Mm -hmm. by a pair of people called Styles and Drew, Mm -hmm. who had done a musical called Just So, which was the Rudyard Kipling stories. And it was fantastic. And they went on to write Honk, The Ugly Duckling. And Richard became the original Honk as well. Wow. And Julia, the way and things work yeah. Out. And like, and it was, it was beautiful as a kid. I would guess I was like 17 at the time, 18. And so like, it was, that was all very special. And although I wasn't personally in a show, Richard was, and it was, I was a bit voyeuristic about it and like yeah. living vicariously through him. Um, and he's just ridiculously talented. Um, and a, superhuman as well um and so into the woods has a very special place in my heart blood brothers also love that is a show that i love that i think is should be heard of more yeah um but yeah and sunday in the park with george Mm -hmm. is a show that i love that actually that was that was on and on broadway with jake gyllenhaal wasn't it yeah yeah it was yeah yeah and then it was meant to be coming to London and then covered up. I think it might have been Lincoln Centre or something. Okay, a big, big event type of thing. Yeah, I saw it at the Chocolate Factory in London okay. uh, with Daniel Evans, and he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do I love? I love, like, big musicals that I hear at the moment. I really, really enjoyed um, Hades Town. Yeah, I've listened to a bit of that. Um yeah, I really like that. And I really liked uh, Beetlejuice as well. Oh, I, I enjoyed Beetlejuice, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, just speaking of Sondheim, um, I find it fascinating that he wrote the lyrics to West Side Story. So I actually, oh, for- yeah. I actually forgot West Side Story is my, my number two. Phantom of the Opera, West Side Story. Love that West Side Story. That was here just before the pandemic and the whole end was in rain. Oh really? And it was intense. It was intense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. love it so much. And have you seen? Uh, well, obviously, you, you definitely have seen Spielberg's doing that big, big one coming out at the end of the year. Yeah. Side Story. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Can't and wait. in the Heights as well. In the Heights as well, yeah. Because yeah. I think they're holding out for In the Heights to be in cinemas because I think uh, the way Lin Manuel Miranda looks at it is like, okay, well, we kind of. Hamilton we wanted it to be like a cinematic experience we couldn't have that we put it out on Disney plus but in the heights it's going to cinemas we want it in cinemas so I think he's holding holding off um so that'll be interesting um yeah West Side Story I uh I love it so much there's something I was gonna say about West Side Story can't remember um but I could listen see without even the words I could just listen to the orchestrations just all day I love it so much. Yes, oh, beautiful. my favorite! My favorite is uh, the dance at the gym, and it's like right. seven or eight minute long, just uh, instrumental. And there's yeah, the odd you line. Like old school. You like old school musicals? I do. I do. Um, classics. It's just whatever I find. You know, it's whatever because these are all ones that I what seen as a kid. So Oklahoma, I was maybe nine. 
when yeah. I went to secondary school, um, my school did a, a production of West Side Story and I was like 12 and I was like blown away. And then I kind yeah. of get obsessive. So if I, uh, if I really like something, I'll just listen to it, listen to it, listen to it and learn it off by heart. Um, like yeah. lame, lame is I'd never seen before and our school were doing like uh, auditions for it just to see if they had the boys for it, just to see if they had enough tenors for it. <laughs> they yeah. didn't so we didn't do it um and we uh but for the auditions they were like okay uh familiarize yourself with lame is and i was like i want to be in this because i now decided that i want to be an actor i was like i want to be in this so i went and watched the 25th anniversary uh concert yeah alfie bow incredible and i listened to it and listened to it and listened to it and knew it off by heart uh and we didn't even end up doing it but then I joined like a, a, a youth uh, musical society and they were doing Les Mis. So it, it worked out perfectly because I knew every oh, word now. Nice. I just Who did you end up playing? Uh, <laughs> I ended up playing a guy. Do you know the runaway cart bit? It's oh, runaway yes. cart. Bah, 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 bah. Um, so it goes, don't go near him, Michel Mayer. And then my line was, that Lotus is heavy as hell. And I did it like I, that. Yeah just did it like that and that was my one line and you'd have sworn i was performing like at the tony awards or something and yeah. like everyone who's anyone was gonna be there and uh like i'd be backstage like that lotus is heavy as hell that lotus is heavy as hell i'm like get out of it come on chris you could do it and like oh, i told everyone in my school cute. because it was the first time i'm uh, so cute i was like 18 <laughs> I was, but I was really like just like right come on and I told everyone I was like my line is that load is as heavy as hell if you don't hear it you're an idiot because it's the best bit in the whole thing I was like in the entire show just, I was just just wait for the cart to run over some guy and then you'll see me forget myself up. dying who? forget the tigers <laughs> that come at night Which forget tigers? them yeah who cares that, that load is That's, as heavy as hell it is it's so heavy it's goddamn heavy as shit i always wanted to be gavroche or madame Tenardier. yeah i'm not a singer i like i i'm not a singer so like musical theater has never been my path mm-hmm. but i love it i enjoy it as a consumer yeah. and i enjoy seeing my friends in it but i um but yeah, I'm not a singer, but I reckon I could maybe get away with Madame Tenardier. Yeah, that's it. There's there's character parts and stuff that you don't really yeah. need to do in, in such a, a tuny way. You can just kind of I also had the um what's it called? Like the full symphonic version that was like the five discs mm-hmm. that had every note of the music of Les Mis. And I think if it's possible to wear a CD out, I would have you know they yeah. were thin yeah that's fair. <laughs> like every single note of the music yeah i know no it's weird i know it so well like i could hear because no way on like spotify and stuff i i spotify so uh it's the um it, 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 they're separated into certain tracks obviously it's one big thing yeah. but it's separated i could hear the first note and be like heart full of love yeah yeah got it yeah <laughs> like I, I like know all it. those little weird bits like what's this my dear yeah <laughs> it's worth a some time <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll take the lot oh god i love lamez so much <laughs> do you know when i went to see it uh in 
I've only seen it once. It was on the West End. And it was uh, myself and an ex-girlfriend of mine. We went to London. And like I was like, I need to see Les Mis. It's like, it's my favorite and I love it. I need to go see it. So we spent a fortune because we're we were young. We we're like 18, 19. I was like, we, we're going to see Les Mis. So I spent a fortune. And it turned out we were up in the gods. Ugh. So then, but we were up at the corner of the gods at the back. So we could only see the bottom corner. Oh. And I was like, I'm not. I'm and I was playing? no, no. So as soon as it went bam bam bam, I uh, there was seats down at the thing. Good I was you. like, if they're Good not here you. now, I'm going. And the the uh ushers or whatever there um were like shining lights. I was like, just don't look, don't look, just, just keep your eyes on the thing. And then they were like, look down. I was like, fucking I am <laughs> that I am, it's ridiculous. Um, but it was class, I loved it so much. Yeah, I loved it. Um, so just um how did you end it up in New York? What what made you want to make the move? Uh so I went to Central um and I, when I was at Central, I was a, I was scared of being an actor to start off with because I was scared of, I, I mean, I guess I was scared of not being good enough. I was scared of like, um, what would I do? How, what would I, how would I eat? And I think coming from a very working class family that had no knowledge of theatre whatsoever, it, like it was it was a definite decision to do the course at Central as a teacher and as an actor. Mm-hmm. So like I made a decision to do that so that I would always be able to put food on the table. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I was worried about being a starving artist. Um, but the theory at Central is that those who can teach Mm-hmm. So they do a lot of actor training in the teacher training program. Okay. And I was very, very fortunate to have four years at Central and very fortunate to have a lot of amazing staff and brilliant people. And actually, when I came out, I was like, you know what? I want to act. That's what I want to do. And I'd met some people during my time there who employed me. And, um, and then that became, will you audition for this? And I was like, yeah, great. And I ended up on a couple of like very small national tours mm-hmm. with sort of kids theatres and, you know, <clears throat> nothing, nothing to write home about. Yeah. But pay, paying the bills as an actor. And really all I, was, matters. I was like 22 and I was seeing the country and I was living off of per diems and mm. equity minimum, you know, yeah. and it was great. It was me and two guys in a van and we were just having a great time. Mm -hmm. And then it sort of, that contract ended and I was like, oh gosh, I better be a teacher now then. And I ended up teaching and like loving, falling in love with teaching Mm -hmm. and becoming a theatre teacher. And I spent a long time For children or like drama school? Yeah. For uh, for high schools for oh, okay. eleven to eleven to eighteen secondary school in the UK, mm-hmm. and I became the head of a drama department, and then we got involved with National Connections, and we got selected, and we performed at the National, something that oh. I directed, and it all felt and all, all the way through this, I was doing amateur theatre, mm-hmm. 
So I was going to school during the day and I was like getting my kicks as an actor at night and as a director. So I directed Blue Remembered Hills. I played Nurse Ratchet. I played a bunch of Shakespearean characters. I played Puck at the Minac in Cornwall, an open air theater on near Land's End. Yeah. It was amazing. So really you're getting I, the best of both worlds there. Best yeah, of, so I like, of three worlds. Yeah. Like you're teaching, you're acting, you're directing, you're doing it all, and you're able to yeah. pay the bills, which is really the main and it the was, main things. And it was great for a long time. And then I realized that I was kind of burnt out and exhausted. And actually I really wanted to act. Mm-hmm. And like I really wanted to do it properly. So I started looking at like programs that I could go to for a year, say like a conservatory training, go back, put a toe in the water with like official training and then see if I could step into the industry that way. Yeah. And I realized that I would probably have to rent my house out. And that would have meant I would have to go live with my dad or something. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to look at New York. I've always wanted to be in New York. I've I always thought I would come here for a year, maybe as a teacher mm-hmm. and then go back. And I just happened to find this one year program in New York City mm-hmm. and I applied for it. What's good that? at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Okay. And um, I remember going into my head teacher's office who herself had actually been my drama teacher when I was a kid um, at a different school. And she's an amazing actress um, and a phenomenal director, but decided to not become professional. She she loved teaching and so stayed in that vein. Mm-hmm. Um, and But still produced phenomenal work. Um, and I said to her, think I've done something stupid I've just applied to a drama school in New York but don't worry I'm not even going to get an audition and they called and said hey we've got auditions in London in two weeks time we've got one spot left would you like it yep yep (laughs) so I went into her office and said listen they've offered me an audition but don't worry I'm not going to get in but I've got to go and do the audition because I'm always going to what if right of course so I went and did the audition and with this guy called Dino, who to me was like the most American. <laughs> Dino, hey, I'm Dino. I was like, oh my God, it's so American. It's a real was, American. <laughs> yeah, and it was at the Prince of Wales Theatre. And it was like, I was like, maybe, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. Maybe I'm, you know. Anyway, so he, um, he, he auditioned me. Um, and then two weeks later, I had a packet that said, hey, you've been accepted. And I said, oh God, I've been accepted, but don't worry, I can't afford it. Yeah. And I had an email offering me a scholarship. That's incredible. And it was like everything I said yeah. that would stop me going, someone went, yeah. nope. No, you, you, so ha- it was just, you have to, and you're like, no, but what about this? Well, okay, there's there's the scholarship. Oh, wow, okay, I'll do it then. It was just like meant to be. And I was also, I had already agreed to go to Kenya that summer for a couple of months to work on a a program called Hear Our Voice with Mm -hmm. street kids, which was getting kids to tell their story through theatre. Okay. And, um, and I was like, Oh my God, what has my life 
suddenly become I'm going to Kenya for two months I'm going to come back to the UK for two months and then I'm I'm moving to America for a year it was insanity and the thing is what's amazing is it it was at a time when you were like I'm burnt out doing this and that and I I want to do something different and then it's like boom there you go my hand disappeared there but yeah boom (laughs) <laughs> magic I know magic um that's incredible so um so then before you went to uh New York what, what was Kenya like was that not oh the it was most brilliant incredible? I, I love 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 loved it I would go back in a heartbeat um but it was also a really good I was working for a charity called Action for Children in Conflict mm-hmm. and basically they help kids who Kenya is still considered a conflict zone at times because of the internal politics. And they had a bit of a, there was an election and a bunch of people got killed. And this, we're talking quite a while ago now, but Mm -hmm. um, um, AFKIC still works in Kenya and has really great programs in Kenya. Yeah. So they, I went and stayed in a town just outside Nairobi that has a huge slum in it. And um, the town is called Thika. And um, it was it was an amazing experience, an amazing experience. And not only did I get to teach and be with amazing kids and have a very culturally different experience, mm-hmm. um, I also got to see a bit more of the country. And you know, I, I went on an overnight bus to Mombasa, like me and a backpack and a friend, mm-hmm. and we just went on an adventure. So it was it was really was really an amazing experience. But I would definitely, definitely recommend going and teaching in another country. Yeah. Is a really great What are you talking about? I'm I'm in Belfast. Look at the set. That's right. I'm... Sorry, you're in Belfast, you're in Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't ruin the illusion. I know my sorry, hand disappears. Sorry. The magic, the magic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like I, obviously I've just been here for just over a month now, I think. A month and a bit. And uh, obviously, this um, I feel like Italy is uh, is a very interesting place. The people are very interesting. The culture is incredibly uh, hospitable. The people have been so so lovely to me. Everyone I've met has just been like, "What can I? Uh, do you want to come for lunch in my house?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, dinner." I'm like, "Yeah, why not?" <laughs> Actually, today a teacher asked me, "Would I take her twenty one year old daughter out?" I went. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it was so funny because um, I was in the middle of teaching and I was teaching these babies. I was teaching like, they're like ages three to five and I'm teaching them emotions. I know. So, uh, it, but it's like, I am happy, happy. I am sad, sad. All that jazz. Or excited. Right. So then I went, <laughs> so I was like, I am hungry. And then the teacher was like, uh, showed me Google Translate and said, would you, would you like to take my 21 year old daughter out and i was like uh see see uh i am confused <laughs> right uh, and then i was like i am confused the kids are all repeating and stuff and then she's like not even attached to what i'm i'm teaching she's on instagram and i'm like i am confused what and she shows me her daughter's instagram is like this is her and i'm like oh okay I am excited. <laughs> I was like, this is like a sketch. I can't believe how ridiculous this is. And it was so funny. So uh, yeah, I'm taking some 21-year-old daughter of a teacher out uh, sometime soon. 
But it was funny. There's this kid in the class who speaks quite good English. He's like six, five or six. And uh, they were asking him how to say, when are you available? Uh... <laughs> right? So they go, uh, whatever his name is, Lorenzo. Comes to the EJ, blah, blah, blah. When are you available? And he goes, uh, lunedì, which is Monday. So he was like, <laughs> going to take her out. I was like, bro, don't, don't get my way here. Yeah. She's mine. Uh, and then they were all laughing. I was like, uh, weekend. Those like, weekend, Italian okay. men start early. Yeah, maybe I was going to take her on me. I was like, do you know yeah. what? That was smooth, so maybe you can. Yeah. Go on, Lorenzo. You, you have her on Friday. I'll take her out on Saturday and see who see who wins. He will. He's a legend. Suave. I'm Very sure. suave. Um, but I'm yeah, sure. it's been it's been an incredible um, experience, like getting... Because a- any opportunity I have to have conversations with them... I jump at it, whether their English isn't very good or not, but we can have a conversation and you'd be surprised how much we can talk about on a limited, um, like a language barrier. And yeah. if it, if it comes, if worst comes to worst, Google translate. I'm just like, yeah, this is what I'm saying. They're isn't like, oh, Google okay. translate amazing. It's incredible. What, do you know what I've noticed? Um, a good wee trick is to translate it. And then it, the Italian comes at the bottom, then swap it. So it swaps what you're actually going to say to them into the English again, and it changes. Ah. Make sure that you're not you're not saying anything you don't want to say. Saying the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah because a lot of times that, that has been happening. But yeah, it's yeah. been incredible. Um, so then then you went to New York. Then I came uh, to New York, yeah, for a year. But, but, yeah, what I thought was going to be a year, and then um, it's eleven years now. So wow, that's amazing. In fact, yesterday I took my test to become a citizen, and I oh, passed. No way, unreal. Yeah, yeah. That's so exciting, yeah. amazing. So that's it. Like you're you're a citizen. So you... yeah. So I'm waiting for my oath ceremony. Wow. I know. Very, very like the scouts. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Like yeah, I don't so, know. I don't know how they do. It. What type of questions do you get asked in the citizen? Ship test. Um, the first question was name one Native American tribe that lived here before the Europeans. Okay. Uh, so I said Cher- Cherokee. Okay. There's loads. There is um, loads, but I'd fail. <laughs> I d- I couldn't. No, I don't know any tribes. I don't. Yeah, I bet you do. Uh, just... uh, Coman- Comanches. I'm not sure that that's one. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. I'd fail. (laughs) I don't know. I've had like, oh, I've had these. I've been using this. Okay. And so, you know, I've been been testing myself all this, all this time. That's, uh, that, that, because uh, are some of the questions just like weird and ridiculous? Yeah. Some of them are just really weirdly phrased. And so, and you're like, "Mm -hmm." um, but some of them are, yeah, they asked me, Native American tribes, they asked me when the constitution was written and that's actually a hard one. Okay, because it was signed in 1776. The Declaration of Independence was oh, signed in 1776. A... Oh, but when was the constitution written? That's yes. the difference. Uh, 1781. Oh, so close, 1787. Well, but I only sense. know because I've been literally testing myself. Um, they asked me if the if the president and the vice president can no longer serve, who steps into the role of president? 
Um, Secretary of State. No, but that's a good guess. It's the Speaker of the House. So in this okay. instance, it would be Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi. Mm. Yeah. Fair. So, yeah. so it's it's a, so it's it's very like historical and political. Is there anything like yeah. in terms of like culture, like cultural? No, questions? there's some geography. Okay. Like, what is the ocean on the west coast called? Like, it's so weird that you would need to know these things to become a citizen of this country. Because a lot of Americans do not know this stuff. No, 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 they totally don't. So actually, I've been doing these. So I've been getting my American friends to do these with me. Yeah. And they're all like, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who that was. Yeah, because they're hard questions. I didn't get one right. Um, obviously, uh, I'm yeah. not trying to be a, a citizen, but uh, it just seems like we need to make a test to make it hard for people to become citizens. What questions could we put in there? When was the Constitution signed? <laughs> yeah, that's good. They'll never get that one. Uh, I also had to prove that I could read and write and speak English. Okay. Yeah, which I found a bit weird because we don't, Americans don't actually have a national language. We don't have a, a, a set, like, you know, like in England, the, the, lang the first country, the first language of the country in the UK yeah. is English. Yeah. Right. And then you've got other languages spoken may include like Gaelic, Welsh, mm -hmm. whatever. But the first language is English politically, whether that's correct or not is another question. But yeah. So in America, we don't have that. That's we have no first language isn't there uh this is maybe just a, a made-up fact but is there or is there not more people that speak spanish in america than speak english is that right yeah probably yeah yeah that's crazy and then you have to prove whether you i understand why you need to prove whether you can read or write and speak english because of but again like you said there's no Official no, language. It, so well, that one was a bit weird to me. What the rules like? That's strange. But anyway, I passed. So that you was passed. Good. Congrats. Yeah. You can read Thank and write and goodness. speak English. Well done. Proud of you. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. So, um, yeah. so you moved out here. You did your one year can uh, yeah. the the course in the American Academy. Yeah. And uh, and then was it a case of trying to get an agent or how did you yeah, go about well, they, they asked me to stay. So I ended up doing the full two year program with them. And then there's a sort of like third year, which you have to audition for. And it's called company. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like doing plays in rep. And I did that with them. Um, and then you get a showcase at the end of it. And I met my agent via that showcase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at the time, I think he was like, I'm not sure what to do with you. You're English. And you, I was sort of like in my 30s. And he was like, I'm I don't quite know what to do with you. He said, would you would you come and work in the office for a few days as an intern? And I said, yeah, sure. And I didn't realize that that was him kind of getting to know me as a human. OK. And so then. Once I'd done, I so I went and I just kind of did, I answered the phones in the agency for a little mm -hmm. minute. It was really interesting and I learned a ton of stuff. Yeah. I really recommend anyone starting out, go and do something like that, you know. Yeah. Like, kind of go get the and inside work for scoop. an agent or a, a casting director 
or a producer, something that's not your track, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it will teach you uh, uh, like, and it will teach you fast. Yeah. And I also you will think see other people make mistakes. Yeah. And I also think it'll, it would put things into, um, it's not all like, do not blame yourself a lot of time for maybe not getting a part. And you'll realize like, no, it's like you, you could do a most amazing thing and they're like, well, no, his hair is a bit short. He's six <laughs> foot seven. Yeah, look at the leg of his legs. He can't be a, a <laughs> We were looking for someone who was six foot two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely recommend that. And then he he got to know me and then he started putting me out for things. Mm-hmm. And actually, one of the first things he put me out for was like this it was a, a tv series that was for people learning english okay. so you know like when you go to school and you learn spanish and they have like a telenovela uh, and like you follow all of the characters yeah through like five years of spanish learning uh-huh. right so it was one of those but it was by pearson education and it was specifically aimed at the um like I guess Asian countries and Arabic countries mm-hmm. and um and I got cast as a restaurant owner who was not a very nice person. Okay. And I'd never really done any TV. Like I trained as a theater actor okay. and that's how I thought of myself. And suddenly it was really good for me because I was having to learn how to be on a set, mm-hmm. how to behave on a set what to do, what not to do, how to do it in front of the camera, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was all. And so I suddenly had like this 40 day stretch of filming. Yeah. Wow. And I had no idea how spoiled I was, that that was kind of my first job. Yeah. I had no idea that that was an amazing thing. And you plan like, uh, a not very nice restaurant owner for kids that are learning English. There's now a load of Asian and Arabic kids that are now growing up. They're like, see you in New York. I'm like, there's that bitch who owns that restaurant. I occasionally, very, very, very occasionally get an email through my website okay. that is like, the character was called Nadi. And it's like, Nadi, why you fire Sophie? <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like naughty ha huh? lol ha 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 like that's so never, funny it's never like oh i thought you were so good in this show or whatever it's always just like naughty <laughs> yeah because they can't believe they found your email They're like oh my god she's real she's a real person that's so funny love that yeah love that so much <laughs> it was very funny that's so good and then yeah so that was how it sort of started and then that was really helpful in making sure that i got a green card here Mm-hmm. And um, I booked, uh, I booked a TV show with Louis C.K. His TV show, Louis. just as I was coming into getting my green card, and mm-hmm. that was kind of useful. Yeah. So all of these things like helped. Do you think the the um, the maybe reputation of certain productions that you're doing helps in in terms of a green card or just a case of of getting a job i think um sometimes it's helpful 
um, the like the profile thing. Like the guy, the um, immigration guy, definitely knew who Louis C.K. was, and the fact that there was a scene of me with Louis C.K. I mean, now, now that Louis's been a bit cancelled because he did some dodgy things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I used to tell the story that Louis C.K. touched me, and I can't <laughs> tell it anymore. No, you can't. <laughs> Uh, you know he it's... only touched my shoulder oh, he okay. like he was i was because i loved his show and i think he was very funny and yeah. um so i ended up in this scene with him and i thought all my christmases had come at once and um at the end of the scene like when we'd finished shooting he put his hand on my shoulder and he said that was excellent work you're really very good thanks ever so much because he directs as well okay and like he had paid me a compliment and he had touched my shoulder and yeah. I was like, I'm never washing again. <laughs> that's such a good, that's such a big compliment coming from him. Like, that's incredible. It was really great. And, and I, what and season I was this I, of, of I the show? I have one line. Chris, I have one line. That's and it. You I must have, have smashed line. that line. Well, much like it's as heavy as hell. You yeah. thought I was Meryl Streep. <laughs> you see, that's it. That's it. Do it's, you know what? It's even worse. It was two words. What were the two I, words? It was like what? How many times did you have to do it? They were like, give oh. us a different, they're like, like what? No idea. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, again. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Well done. Like what? Uh, <laughs> we want you to yeah. do it like this. Like what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Um, and what, what season was this in, in, in Louis? Oh, I must God. look it up. I can't remember. It's the one that Michael Rappaport is in. Okay. Michael Rappaport plays a cop and he loses his gun in a bar and I work in the bar. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, so like, I, but I think the immigration guy had heard of Louis Mm CK. And so to us, that's a tiny thing. I had two words. It was, you know, it wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal to me because it was Louis CK. Exactly. but like in the in the world of acting, minnow, minnow, minnow of a job. Listen, but, um, there's no small parts, only small actors. That's right. And I'm oh. only five foot two. So. Exactly. You're both. You're both. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but that, that is an incredible experience getting to work on such a... Well, I don't know how professional the, the workplace maybe was, but um, on, on such That'd a big show like HBO, right? Yeah. Um, was it HBO? FX, FX. FX, fair. Yeah. Okay. And so they, yeah, it was great. It was amazing. And that, But I genuinely think that sort of thing helps with immigration mm-hmm. if they've heard of it. Yeah, definitely. It definitely. And I, I also had a letter with a royal seal on it from teaching okay when teachers get inspected by Ofsted which happens to all teachers mm-hmm. there's a ranking system and the top rank is outstanding and for some reason and I have no idea why I had this I had been inspected and they'd been to see my lessons and I've got three lessons and it said outstanding 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 So I had got the top grade on these three lessons and they gave it to me on a piece of paper that had a royal seal at the top, which said Her Majesty's Inspector of Schools. Right. 
So it was HMI. It wasn't Ofsted. It was HMI. Yeah. That's normal, right? Yeah. But... You've probably got one of those laying around somewhere. Got it. But Americans <laughs> don't necessarily know that. Yeah. And I think they were like, oh. Yeah. She's fancy. Yeah, what's she Got like? A letter from the like queen. Her. Yeah, what's she like? Is she nice? You're like, yeah, she's lovely. She's lovely. You're in. <laughs> yeah. Name one so, Native American tribe, and you're like, oh yeah, I got this one in the bag. <laughs> Cherokee, easy. Yeah. Thanks. Open the door. I mean, let me in. Let me in. That's hilarious. Um, listen, Zoe, I could talk to you all day. Um, just uh, to um, I, I know you have to teach. Um, so I uh, just to finish off. What advice would you give for any aspiring actors, writers, directors, teachers, anyone really just uh, looking to get into the industry or anyone who's already in it just needs to kick up the arse? What would you say? Yeah, I would say, like, do what makes you happy, I think. Like, oh, sorry, cat. There's a cat. Um, Yeah, she's going to say, oh, there's a fly and it's very exciting. Fair. I'm excited. She does not. She she only wants you to see this bit of her, though. Yeah. Um, I would say, do what makes you happy. And the thing is, you became you expressed an interest in being a teacher, or being a writer, or being an actor, or being a producer, because there was something in that a grain even that made you happy. So even if you're not doing it for money right now do it Mm -hmm. like the writing thing made you and I happy during this time we weren't doing it for money but it made us happy because it made us there was something in it that had already called us to it that had given us a grain of happiness about it and although sometimes it can be hard to sit down and write or reach out to a production company and ask if you can help or rehearse that monologue that no one is going to see other than the cat in your bedroom. Yeah. You know, although it can be hard to do those things, do them, even if there's no money involved, because they are what make you happy and that will resonate and that will keep resonating. And then it will, the universe will, Send it on to you. Absolutely. Does that make sense? It really does. It does make sense. 100%. It's, uh, you got to do what makes you happy because you're only here once. So let's, uh, let's live it. Is that a song? Yeah. Um, Probably. Let's live it. I'm going to write it. But you know what, Chris? At the end of the day, you're another day older. That is true. That is true. Don't remind me. Yuck. Um, Oh, that was a Les Mis reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see what? Do you know what? You're such a good actress that uh, it sounds so profound. I thought it was like Confucius or something. Uh, right. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're another day older. And the shirt in your back doesn't keep <laughs> it the chill. It doesn't. It's, it's no. not, and not... the righteous, they hurry past. They, they're in a rush. They're in a rush. They're yeah. late. They are late, those righteous people. Oh, it's great talking to you. It's lovely speaking to you, as always. Um, yes, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, no worries pleasure thanks for having me enjoy the country reopening if you yeah because it's getting there we're getting there we're getting there we're getting there the world's coming back all right mate
you stay stay safe and sane over there peace and love um, peace and love yeah indeed thanks so much All right. cheers Zoe. Bye. See you later. bye 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 so you have it folks that was Zoe Watkins join me next week when I'm joined by actor and soon-to-be Arden graduate Tierna McNally join me next week for that if you could tell your friends about the podcast like and subscribe to the video this has been playing pretend with Chris McIlvenny see you next week <laughs>